Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. It's always a dilemma for runners knowing what to eat before, during and after a run. So today we're going to be focusing on runners' snacks. We're going to be giving you some advice on how to use snacks strategically to support your health and running. And we're also going to be talking about the ideal nutrient composition for snacks at these various different time points. We'll talk about the practicalities about being organized around snacking and finally share some of our favorite choices for you to try. Welcome to the Food for Spotlight series. For us, food is never just fuel. It provides a wide range of nutrients to support the many aspects of our health and also to promote physiological adaptations for our running performance. These short informative episodes are dedicated to food and meal planning. We'll spotlight key foods to support your running and we'll share tips and suggestions to give you big results in your running performance. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Aileen to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. everyone welcome back I'm Karen and I'm here today as always with Aileen and today we're spotlighting food for snacks for runners so we're going to talk about how to use snacks strategically to support health and your running Uh, we're going to speak about the ideal nutrient composition of snacks for pre during and post running look at the practicalities around being organised with snacks and give you ideas of our favourite snacks and suggestions for you to try. So hi Aileen, I'm going to uh, delve straight in here. So um, I'm going to ask you, could you maybe talk us through um, about how snacks can be used strategically and really what your views are on, on snacks and snacking? Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Um, well, I think my views on snacks are probably very much the same as many nutritionists. Um, so for most people, eating three meals a day, using everyday plate balance uh, principles and healthy ingredients will provide the energy and the nutrition we need for everyday life and for everyday activities. And if we eat enough at those meal times, we shouldn't need snacks. But in the Western world, um, we've sort of developed a bit of a snacking and a grazing habit. And sometimes it's because uh, we, we're eating when we're socializing and it's a habit and perhaps it's for comfort eating or it's due to boredom. So often people find it difficult to meet without eating and drinking, don't they? 
<laughs> so we just get into this habit of, you know, we've got to have some food every time we're with somebody. Um, mm. So it's a, it's not a great habit we've got into. But I think the key phrase is uh, eat enough. And, and I think if we eat satisfying meals at regular times, then we might not feel the need to have all these snacks for all these different reasons that I've just mentioned. However, having said that, there are times when eating a snack strategically, um, as we say, can be supportive either for health reasons or to fuel our running or particularly our, our post-running recovery. So there are times that snacking is useful. So thinking about that, Aileen, and when snacking might be useful, can you can you give us some examples of that? Yeah, sure. So um, when I'm working with clients who I'm supporting and maybe moving away from that grazing culture, because a lot of people do come to me in the situation where they're, they're just eating small amounts all the time rather than eating at regular meal time. So, um, you know, the, the reason for helping them make that move towards the regular meal times might be to help balance blood sugar levels for, for energy. It might be for optimal body composition or hormonal balance or perhaps all three. Um, and so over a few weeks, what we might do is add small nutrient dense snacks into their food plan in between meals. So I, I like to call it, it's a bit like a, a training wheel. It's to uh, get them used to sort of controlling what they're eating regularly and getting used to eat, eating regularly, but not in an ad hoc way. And then when they're feeling more confident and on more of an even keel with energy, we'll gradually move away from snacks and focus on uh, eating at, at mealtimes only. Um, so what I do is I'll, I'll encourage clients to use nutrient-dense snacks strategically, um, particularly when there's a long gap between meal times. So, you know, once they've got into that, I can eat three meals and not need a snack. There are sometimes life gets in the way and they might have a busy day or they might be traveling and maybe the, their planned meal time is going to be delayed for you know, a variety of different reasons. So that nutrient-dense snack will help bridge the gap and that will help manage hunger pangs and cravings and crucially blood sugar balance. Um, and th there are also times, Karen, where there's uh, people who have got underlying health conditions or, or, or other reasons that they require to eat snacks. So I'm thinking of examples like maybe they've got a compromised digestion and, and they're unable to cope with, with larger meals and planning these nutrient-dense sort of snack meals throughout the day can be really helpful and that can help ensure that they're eating enough. Uh, so that might be another reason that, um, you know, snacking is, is sort of an advice that we would give. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to add to that, another example I'm thinking about is when somebody's goal is to actually gain weight. And there are people who who just can't keep the weight on, especially if they're runners as well, and they're quite lean anyway. And they, they, they just find that when they're running, they find it difficult to keep the weight or to gain any weight. And, and at that point, I think, again, adding a high energy, nutrient dense snack could be what is needed and what could be supportive for them. So Aileen, can you maybe expand a bit more about eating enough and how that fits in with strategic snacking, looking particularly at runners? Yes, well, eating enough is um, 
a topic that we we cover and we've covered many times. So it's all about eating to your energy requirements. So it's important um, as a starting point to know what your baseline energy requirements are for everyday eating and for everyday activity levels. And then what you need to do is adjust that upwards when you're undertaking heavy training and endurance runs and then drop it back on the days where activity levels reduce. So when you know your energy requirements, you can adapt the carbohydrate intake and the timings of food intake to meet your training plan. So it's all about knowing what your foundational requirements are and then adjusting it. Um, so the energy intake that you you get from snacks, um, so the, the food that you're having pre, during and post running needs to be factored into your food plan. And that food is vital um, to fuel you during uh, your runs. And, and in turn, that's going to support optimal performance and recovery. But having said that, I think there's a couple of things to bear in mind. So um, you know, we talked about body composition. So if you're, if you're focusing on losing weight or maintaining body weight, um, it's important to factor in the energy, the calories, the macronutrients that you're consuming within your running snacks. Um, and sometimes people get frustrated because they're saying, I'm doing all this exercise, but my body composition isn't changing and I'm not meeting my, my body composition goals. Well, that can sometimes be because they're forgetting to factor in um, how, how and what they're eating around their training and how that might be impacting. Um, so we, we tend to forget to add those calories into the plan. Um, and then there's a possibility that they might potentially be over-consuming. They might not be, but I think it's good to just check in with that and making sure that that's not an issue. But what I must sort of stress there is that weight loss is not a reason to omit, omit these um, these snacks around fueling pre, during and post because you really do need this food. And there, there are other things you can do uh, within your whole food plan that will help you meet your goals, but not sort of um, take away that vital uh, nutrition that you, you need around your running. And then on the flip side, um, some long distance runners report that their appetite is suppressed after a long run. So this can be a particular problem if you're doing a lot of long runs during the week. Um, so you, you could fall into having a tendency to undereat and maybe miss the, out the opportunities, particularly for the post-fuel recovery nutrition. So for these runners, adapting their food plan to include the nutrient-dense snacks can be a way of ensuring that they're meeting their overall energy requirements with small snacks, which which might be more appealing than maybe larger meals, and they're more likely to be able to uh, fit that into their their eating plan. Mm, thanks for that, Lee. And I think you've given us some really great reasons for for using snacks and how they can be important and necessary when used strategically. So now let's move on and consider what the macu macu macronutrient composition 
of these snacks should be. So the first thing that I would say is that really you don't need to increase your food intake until you're running for longer than 90 minutes, really. So having a good, healthy, foundational, everyday nutrition will suffice. It's once you're running um, beyond the 90 minutes that you really need to be thinking about your your nutrient intake more strategically. So so following a, a healthy food plan with plate balance for everyday nutrition and easy training as well would be um, suitable for the fueling. So up to that 90 minutes that um, I mentioned. So when you run for longer durations, that is the time to start focusing on on really fine tuning your food plan and adding the strategic snacks that you've been speaking about, Aileen. So let's think about that um, pre-run time first, so that pre-run fueling. So really, you're planning to eat approximately one to two hours before the long run. And you're really doing that to top up glycogen stores. Um, And the food at this, this point should be a combination of protein and carbohydrates, but having the complex, so the slow release carbohydrates at that point. If you're eating less than an hour before you start running, and this could be the case if you're just getting up and getting out and then maybe thinking about more of a a quick release carbohydrate food um, uh, source at this time because that's going to ensure that it's um, quickly digested and absorbed so you've got that ready available glucose to to keep you running. Um, So Aileen that's sort of that pre-run fueling um, up to an hour beforehand. What would your advice be about um, fueling um, during the during the run? Right. So during the run, um, I think the focus really is on um, keeping the glycogen levels um, stores topped up. So um, that's the storage energy from from carbohydrates. So it's really important to introduce some quick release carbohydrate foods early into the run. Um, So what would you would you say there, Karen, what would you be what would your tips be for runners at that point? Yeah, I agree with that, Aileen. It's about starting early, earlier in the run so that you've got enough of the stored glycogen to keep you going for the long run. So really, it's thinking about introducing these quick release carbohydrate foods within 45 minutes to an hour of starting your run. And, um, and then um, some I would say that maybe some runners might prefer to eat their carbohydrate, their quick release carbohydrate foods earlier. But on average, I think 45 minutes it, into an hour um, would be when to start. And it's really up to you to try try out what works for you um, and then continue to eat um, in, at regular intervals throughout the run. Um, so... Um, for for you, it might be every 30 minutes, it might be every 45 minutes, or it might be every 60 minutes. So it depends how you like to eat. You might like to eat more, less often, or less, more often. So, um, and, and the aim is to consume between 30 grams to 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour. And again, like I say, that's the quick release carbohydrates. And what I would say is that really, 
practice in training um, to build up to 60 grams per hour, maybe starting at the lower end of 30 grams and building up to 60 grams per hour. And that's really important, really, to ensure your your nutrition and your timing is ready for race day. So as soon as you start getting into um, those runs that are more than 90 minutes, you want to start practicing um, your nutrition techniques so that you're you're sorted well in advance of race day. Yeah. And what would your personal choices be when when you're thinking about quick release carbohydrates? What do you eat, Karen? Well, I have to say, when I go in my long runs, I like to take middle dates. Um, I really enjoy those and they're quick and easy and practical. Or little boxes of raisins. Again, they're quite practical because they're all grouped together in a little box. And I just put them in my, my pouches. Um, but I do also like um, homemade flapjacks. And what I do is I cut them into little squares and then individually wrap them in parchment paper because um, it just keeps them contained. And then I can put those in my my zip, my zip bag, waste bag. Um, and in fact, you might want to do that with medjool dates as well. Just put, wrap them up individually because they can be quite sticky. Um, but if you if I don't have time, say, to make any flapjacks, and that does happen now and again, then I will take the likes of a Velaforte bar with me um, and I'll eat. I'll start eating usually around an hour into a run and then I'll have half every 30 minutes. So half of a bar every 30 minutes um, to 45 minutes. But generally every 30 minutes I'll eat because that just gives me something to think about and passes the time as well. Yeah, it's a good way of passing the time, isn't it? And to pace yourself knowing that, you know, you've got a regular routine and you can keep your eye on the watch, can't you? Exactly. Exactly. It really helps, I find. So now let's um, think about having a post-run recovery snack and and why that's important. Now, it's best to eat immediately after a really long run. So within 30 minutes of finishing your run. Um, And the reason for that is really to optimize that glucose uptake um, and glycogen stores. So replenishing those glycogen stores. And um, what I would say here is to make sure that it is a quick release um, carbohydrate snack with no added protein, no added fat, because that's going to slow down that digestion absorption process. And you don't want that you want it to be efficient and so foods to think about here include honey a ripe banana raisins again maybe um, fresh mango slices dried mango slices same with pineapple they're all very sweet and easy to digest and absorb foods and then so that's that within 30 minutes of finishing your run after maybe one to two hours thinking about having another snack containing carbohydrates but also a little bit of protein at this point but you want to keep the ratio at a at four to one so for um for being the carbohydrate to one of protein. So still more carbohydrates than um, the protein. The reason you want to introduce protein at this point is to help repair muscle, to support the immune system, to help prevent that delayed onset muscle soreness, so the DOMS, but also to speed up recovery and to support your subsequent training sessions, because I'm sure that they're going to be regular, Uh, but also to support training adaptation. So you're going to need the the carbohydrates and the protein to to, um, support that. 
Great. So great. Some really good advice there, Karen. Um, mm. So just a, a quick overview of what uh, the guidelines are that we're sharing. So a pre-long run, so something over uh, 90 minutes, your your pre-long, pre-long run eating mm-hmm. uh, should um, you know, usually includes a, a healthy meal a couple of hours before you run, following plate balance related to the type of training you're doing. And uh, remember, you know, that plate balance is going to change depending on the uh, level of training. Um, so usually what you would do is is focus on your normal protein portion and some complex carbohydrates. And it's the carbohydrate portion that's going to increase depending on the level of your training. Um, and if you, you can't time that, you know, pre-race meal to sort of two hours before the before you run, then remember to eat a quick release carbohydrate snack in the, the 30 minutes, ideally 30 to 60 minutes before you run. And um, remember that during your run, uh, you need to focus on quick release carbohydrates only at the rate of between 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate per hour. Uh, and you may want to split that into smaller amounts across the hour, depending on what your preference is really. And then finally, within 30 minutes of completing your run, um, eat a quick release carbohydrate snack only. Um, and then within one to two hours, eat um, a snack or meal uh, with the ratio of carbohydrates to protein of four carbohydrates to one protein. So that's uh, sort of a quick guide on on what the recommendations are. Great. Thanks for rounding that up, Aileen, succinctly. Um, I'm wondering now if it's maybe time for a short advert break. So I'm going to hand back to you again. Yeah, sure. Well, I think that the the thing I'd like to just bring to everybody's attention today, uh, which you know we regularly mention uh, during the episodes, is our free nutrition guide called Top Running Snacks and Nutrition Nutrient Timing. So it's a PDF ebook. Um, it's freely available to you, and it, it lists all our suggestions of what and when to eat pre, during, and post running. Um, so it's a really good um, little guide. Um, we've had many runners download the guide um, since we've we've published it and we've had great feedback and the guy's really a quick reference so that you know often people listen to us when they're out running or when they're on a walk or doing something else and they haven't got time to note down our suggestions so if you download this guide it's just a quick easy look to see what should be doing um, at the different times, you know, pre, during and post running. So if you'd like a copy of the free nutrition guide, all you have to do is visit our website, runnershealthhub.com, look at the top menu bar for free nutrition guides, um, and you'll find the guide there along with um, another uh free guide and uh, just pop in your email and we'll send you the free guide and if you've if you've already downloaded it and you can't find it feel free to um, add your email address again and we'll pop it over to you so really hope that the guide helps uh, you alongside this episode and, and some of the other episodes that we do and let us know how you get on because we we love feedback Great. Thanks, Aileen. So now let's um, move on and have a look at some of the practicalities around being organised with snacks and why 
sometimes we forget to use snacks to strategically for our running. Um, and I think the top reasons for that potentially are that we don't pre-plan. Um, I have to say often clients come to me who haven't even tried um, pre, during and post-fueling. They know about it, but they just don't plan, so they don't do it. Um, we forget to shop for or prepare healthy snacks. So if the snack isn't available, you can't eat it. Therefore, it's not done. Um, also, we opt for convenience sometimes over what is going to be good for us. So you know, how many people grab a handful of gels at their local running shop just because it's easy rather than thinking, is this actually going to be supportive for me? So the convenience comes first. And also, we don't practice eating snacks around our running. So it's just easier to do nothing. So I think these are maybe potential reasons why people um, fail to to use snacks strategically for their running and for their performance. Eileen, what, what, thinking about all of those um, issues, what, what advice can you offer to our listeners? Well, I think it's all about keeping it simple. Um, so, um, I think you do need to do some planning and um, we've, we've talked about food planning in previous episodes, which um, is always, always interesting to uh, recap on. So you, you do need to plan out what you're going to eat pre, during and post fueling for a, a long run. Uh, but I would advise to keep your choices, your food choices as simple as you like. Um, you know, so everybody's different and we all are, are you know, we talk about foodie personalities and everybody is different. But I think for this, just make it simple, uh, make it as easy to make and easy to eat as you can. And then it's more likely to happen. So you need to plan what, you, what you're going to try using. You need to get the food in. You need to prepare it if it needs preparing. You need to have a fallback plan like you have, you know, when you haven't had a chance to prepare something, you know that you've got something that's bought in. Um, if possible, you know, batch prepare, uh, for a week at a time so I mean you were talking there about wrapping the dates in the parchment paper that's something that I tend to I'll buy a box and I'll wrap them all in one go they're in a, a, a plastic container and then I can just get out what I need so it's not like a big job every time I go for a run um, you know and, and do that the same with with any of your snacks um, another complaint that we get is that everybody in the house eats the snacks and they're not available for them. So the another tip is stash it away somewhere where the rest of the family can't get their hands on it. Um, and then just repeat uh, what you're doing and amend it until you find a snack routine that ticks all of your particular boxes. Um, so some runners are really happy to do the same thing over and over again because it works, uh, whilst others really like a major uh, uh, to try a variety of different foods, particularly because they get bored and they're just like, oh, God, you know, I'm, I'm out for, a, you know, a really long run on a Sunday morning and I need something to break up the boredom and I'd like to try something different. So it's really up to, you know, whatever your personal preference is, um, but do whatever is going to work for you. But, you know, don't do nothing. And, you know, you were talking there about everybody rushing to the sports shop to buy gels. I can just imagine, you know, around a really big race how many how the sales spike, must spike in those these kind of products but they're all people that just are doing it for the day and how is that ever going to help them yeah um, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And what effect is that going to have potentially digestively if they haven't been training with them, Mm. they haven't used them um, previously. So there's all these things to think about. So I think you've given some really uh, great practical tips here, Aileen, and ones that are really easy to introduce. There's nothing there that takes a lot of thinking time or doing time. So hopefully that's going to be really helpful for for a lot of our listeners. So let's now move on and maybe share some of our favourite snack suggestions. Um, so I'm thinking firstly maybe the the quick release carbohydrates so you know if you've been following us for a while you'll know that we prefer a food first approach Um, and if using prepared products really trying to choose those with the most natural ingredients possible now obviously the choices you make will depend on what is practical to eat before and during a run and that then will depend on on where you are and how easy it is for you to carry. So what sort of um, carrying um, um, utensils do you have? Do you have something around your waist? Do you have a camel back? Um, is it just a zip pouch in the back of your trousers? You know, it's, it, it has to be practical. So but some of our suggestions really for quick release carbohydrates includes fresh fruit. So we speak about bananas a lot um, and also mango, but but pineapple, papaya, all these exotic um, tropical fruits are, are really good ideas and um, high in sugars, natural sugars, dried fruits, so two medjool dates, or maybe 40 grams of raisins. And both of these will provide 30 grams of carbohydrates. So a good place to start. Um, and then you can build up so that you're reaching the, the um 60 grams of carbohydrates per hour. Also, there's bars and gels. Uh, the brands we like are the, like I was saying earlier, the most natural ones available on the market, such as Honey Stinger, Fella Forte, Huma as well, Tribe. Um, all are quite popular ones or quite well-known ones, I think. And also the um, Ella's Kitchen fruit pouches. Um, they also do savoury ones as well. So you might want to try them out. Um, regarding the pouches, um, I've got a few clients who really like the sweet potato one. So um, so again, it's high in, in, in um, carbohydrate and natural sugars, uh, but it's more of a, a savoury approach. Mm, nice. So I, I know, Karen, you, you make homemade bars often. You, you mentioned that earlier on about the flapjacks. So I'm just wondering what ingredients you use and how do you make them so they don't crumble or break up when you're running? Because I think that's always a bit of a, a problem. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that, Aileen. Well, I have to say it is always flapjacks that I make. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's what I take out with me. And I tend to use um, oats and dried fruits, a typical flapjack ingredients, I suppose, um, the oats, the dried fruit. I do like tar- cherries and they're my favorite and then I'll add maple syrup and um, coconut butter so that they solidify because the the ones I like are actually raw flapjacks but I suppose even with those ingredients they could be cooked if you if you preferred them to be I would imagine that the oats would be softer if they've been cooked but I do like the raw ones Um, and really I think homemade bars can be adapted to your taste, um, but would likely include some sort of dried fruits because they're so sweet, um, honey or maple syrup and oats like I use. But you could maybe use quinoa or 
more millet flakes instead of the instead of the oats and maybe add a different type of dried fruit. So, for example, you could use dried mango, dried pears. In fact, dried pears sounds quite nice because I know that the dried pears are really sweet. So that might actually might be something I'll try in the future uh, with the dried pears. Or you could use the more traditional raisins or sultanas. And um, and what I would recommend is that you, um, like I said earlier, that I do, so to just wrap cut them up small, wrap them in parchment paper, um, especially if you like to run and eat. You know, some people are happy to stop and eat. And if that's the case, then you could maybe just put them in a small box. But what I would say there is just to ensure that they don't have any room to move around in that box because otherwise when you stop to eat them, you'll just have a bunch of crumbs in the, when you open the box. Um, I, I suppose you could eat it a bit like granola if that was the case, but ideally you want to you want them still to be in the little squares of, of, um, of flapjack. Um, and I personally like to have a bar rather than a gel because generally in life as well as in running I like to eat my energy rather than drink my energy I just love eating and that that mechanism of eating um, and also linked to my running I find that the flavors of a food stay for longer than if say I was to have a gel or a drink or something and for whatever reason I find that quite satisfying that keeps me going and um, for quite a while um until I'll look at the clock again and it's time for something else but we are all individual and some people might prefer a gel or energy drink because really there's less effort in the consumption of it. So that does it, there isn't any eating in it. You just kind of drink and go. So it is very, very personal. Mm, yeah. And I, just a couple of um, things to add to that, Karen. The, what I do with, with dates is I'll, I'll wrap them in cupcake um sort of you know the little paper cupcake cases because that's quicker and easier than cutting up little squares of parchment Mm -hmm. paper so I find that works for me and um the other thing that you know you were talking about the coconut oil um that's great at making your you know your flapjack or your cookie or whatever solidify but it will melt if it's a warm day so Mm -hmm keep them in the fridge and then when you're going out they're starting already solid and then hopefully by the time you're eating them they haven't melted so just another little tip (laughs) to think about and 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 dates are great for these kind of um bars as well so and they tend to be because they're squishy and uh you know they're quite um they're you know that's that squishy consistency that might be another good dried fruit to keep in them because then that will keep the other dry ingredients together so um, yeah think about that Mm -hmm. so just another question for you Karen Um, what would be your go-to quick release carbohydrate refueling snack in the 30 minute window immediately after a long run um well if I'm at a race I tend to bring along some fresh mango or pineapple um or maybe papaya as well because they are really sweet um but not too heavy on my digestive system um I think it's different in training but in in race uh, I really need something quite light afterwards but I still like that sweet um flavor and I need the 
I need that natural sugars. Or at this point in time, I might consider a, an Ella's kitchen pot, um, pouch because, again, there, there is so little effort in the eating of it. It just slides down, but it's doing the job that it needs to do. Um, but what about you, Aileen? What, what do you eat after a, a long run or a, or a race? Um, well, as you know, Karen, I'm one of those people that doesn't, I don't really like eating after a long, hard mm. run. Um, so when I'm at home, I tend to opt for a large spoonful of honey as soon as I step in the door, you know, and I'll, I'll put the jar of honey out in the kitchen before I go out. Uh, so it's, it's there and it's top of mind. Um, and if it's after a race, what I've started doing is taking a flask of hot water with some ginger and honey in and, mm. and I sip that and that, uh, that is quite comforting. It, it's easier to for my digestive system to manage, and the ginger helps with nauseous feelings. So that's sort of a, quite an easy one for me to have, and and you you can put it in your your backpack that's on the bus or the wherever you've left your your kit. Um, you know, mm. for, when you finish the race, um, when I'm at home, um. Also, I might have made a juice to sip on when I get back. So um, that can be quite helpful too. And usually within uh, an hour or two, I can eat normally. It's that first 30 minutes that's quite mm-hmm. hard. Um, so that's, um, you know, that that's what I tend to do. And then that sort of snack that or meal that I would have that at one to two hours afterwards, I tend to go for really easy to make snacks or meals usually depending on the time of day often it's sort of lunchtime ish anyway um and you know when you've been out for a hard run i I just the the first thing i want to do is soak in a bath and and then eat something simple so a snack might be a smoothie or perhaps some oat cakes with a mackerel or sardine pate or toast with an egg something simple um or if it was more of a, a a larger meal i might do something like a baked sweet potato with cottage cheese and salad or you know if if it's more cold weather it could be something like a a, a casserole with some rice so that kind of easy easy meal that's got a combination of the protein and carbohydrates that you were talking about Karen. Yeah some great ideas there Aileen and you mentioned making a juice what what would you suggest as a good post um post run recovery juice? What do you have? Um, well, in the summer months, I'd probably go for something like watermelon with coconut water and again with a teaspoon of honey. Um, if you wanted it to be more of a smoothie, you could maybe add some yogurt or kefir to it. Um, so watermelon is fantastic. So a large chunk of, of watermelon um, so would roughly give you a couple of cups of fruit and that would provide 21 grams of carbohydrate in the form of glucose and fructose. Um, so that's a really good post-recovery snack uh, to help replenish the carbohydrates as well as helping you rehydrate and the coconut water helps replenish your electrolytes. So that's a really good one. And you know, people might be saying, oh, well, I don't have a juicer, so I can't do that. But with watermelon, it's just so easy to blend. You could mm-hmm. just put it in a blender and you would come out with juice. Um, so don't let that hold you back if you've not got a juicer. Um, and I usually make my juice before my runs, so it's ready for me as soon as I get home. Um so that's a, a really nice summer memory, Karen. You've transported me back to a hot day there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice watermelon thought. does remind you of, of Mediterranean 
sunshine doesn't it 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 does indeed um so I was I was just also thinking Karen about when we were away in Spain recently together and and it was interesting to see what you ate when you arrived back after your uh long runs so can you share that with us yeah absolutely alien I have to say it is my all-time favorite snack um after a run and um it isn't pure carbohydrate um it's a mixture um and and it's like two large oat cakes so the triangle shaped ones with nut butter slices of banana a liberal drizzle of of honey and then I'll have a handful of nuts on the side and um, and in Spain I have to say I love the hazelnuts they're so large and they're so crunchy and you know when I'm out on my long run I I almost salivate over what I'm going to have when I get back and um, and I don't know why I enjoy I think it's the combination of the crunch um, of the of the oat cakes and the softness of the banana and the sweetness of the honey just the whole thing um it, 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 I just I just love it and um and it's a yeah like I say it's, it's a real treat that I look forward to and then I'll have a soak in the bath and then within a couple of hours I'm then ready for lunch because I I'll have that uh, but it's not too long and then I'm hungry again I do I'm sure a lot of people feel like this that when they've done the really long runs they can feel once they get their appetite back they can feel quite hungry uh, most of the time for the remainder of that day um so so yeah just keep eating but just make sure that it's it's supporting your running supporting your recovery so um if you're stuck for any suggestions, hopefully we've we've given you lots of really good suggestions. But if you do find that you are stuck um, for any suggestions on what to have for a post-run snack, then, you know, we do have a list of those in the free guide, the top running snacks and nutrient timing that, um, that you were speaking about earlier, Aileen. And, and also, if you join our email list, we do send a recipe out every week and it is, um, it's always an easy recipe because that's the way Aileen, you and I like it, isn't it? But also nutritious and also um, supportive of your training and your performance. So um, if you join our e- email list, then you'll you'll get that. And you'll soon then be able to build up uh, a real repertoire of ideas. So Aileen, I feel we're at the end of today's conversation. So just before we finish, would you just give your key takeaways please yeah sure Karen so the the key takeaways for today's episodes are to use snacks strategically for your pre-during and post-run fueling and recovery Uh, remember quick release carbohydrate snacks can support you in optimizing glucose uptake and glycogen storage and that's going to really help your energy levels be consistent during the long run and optimize uh, post-run recovery. And and also just be aware that the um, additional energy intake from snacks should be added into your overall energy intake versus energy expenditure calculations. But don't sacrifice these running snacks if your goal is weight loss. Just be mindful of what they mean to you overall in your food plan and be strategic with their use. And then when it comes to post-running, remember to have a quick-release carbohydrate snack within 30 minutes. 
uh, at the end of your run and a larger snack or meal within one to two hours of a long run. Um, and the ratio of macronutrients should be four to one carbohydrates to protein. And finally, uh, a final reminder, download our free guide, Top Running Snacks and Nutrient Timing. And um, if you, you need any additional help, you know where we are. Excellent. Thanks very much, Aileen. And hopefully um, you're feeling inspired now to try some of our, our strategic snacks. And we can't stress enough that it is about using these snacks strategically um, for your for your training. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and feel inspired to try out some new menu ideas. Many of our clients are looking for new ways to help them introduce a healthy food plan which also supports their running performance. So we designed our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners program and it's for runners of all abilities. We take you through a series of short videos and action steps to help you create a food plan to suit your running training. The program includes downloadable menu ideas, food lists, meal plans and athlete plate diagrams for different training levels. And you get the added bonus of being invited to free online trainings and Q&As with Aileen and Karen. So you'll always have the opportunity to get some personal input into your runner's nutrition plan. Please check out the program at runnershealthhub.com or if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at runnershealthhub.com. We'd love to see you join us on the program. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm -hmm.